Welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish. And on this week's episode, we're talking about fears and how to sort of overcome them, not in a dramatic sort of way, but just kind of push through them and get to where you want to go. And we dismantle Atish's decision matrix. Most of my things are in my head. You're just in your head. I'm just in my head. I'm a, I'm a heady person. Weird. Yeah. Why do you why do you do that? That's why I compare you to a doomsday prepper. Oh, because I'm already like evaluating scenarios or like I'm already thinking of things. Like, like constantly. That. Yeah, no, I mean <clears throat> I think that there's uh it's all about like safe mediums, right? So uh on on the one hand, uh I am always very safe, right? I always have the money for my bills like squared away. And right. I always right. have like my insurance and yada, yada, yada. And I always do that stuff, but I also don't take any risks like either financially or otherwise, you know what I mean? So, um, so without that, then sometimes you also miss out on opportunities. So I'm always kind of like doing like a pros and cons list or a, uh, as I like to call it a decision matrix oh, okay. in my, in my head. You know what I mean? With like everything. Like, oh, should I take this job over this job? Like, what's the value of doing this job? Hmm, I don't know. Like, should I go for this or do that? Like, you know, that sort of thing. Even like when it comes down to my afternoon or like what I'm going to do with that, like I'm always considering what I'm going to get the most utility out of. And sometimes I've done that calculation like really, really wrong. Uh But like sometimes it works out. The point being is that it's not like being a doomsday prepper because being a doomsday prepper, there's like a certain amount of paranoia involved in that. Exactly. You seem paranoid all the time. But but one could argue that that's not paranoia. That's that's um, that's me just like being cognizant of the fact that there are positive and negative ways everything could shake out as. Well, that's true. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. That's the baseline of any decision. That's yeah, exactly. So go wrong, you can go right. Right, so that's that's why I'm saying it's not like being a doomsday prepper because there there's no like paranoia involved in it. Like they're assuming that the world is going to end in some apocalyptic scenario where like that it's a going to happen during their lifetime and b that it's going to be something like really bad that they're going to have to like stock up on beans for and shit like that. You know what I mean? But don't you do that on a smaller scale? Me? Yeah, and in every decision that you make, um, you calculate the best with your decision matrix. Yeah, but. But mine is enforced or, like, made real by the fact that, like, you know, time is moving forward one way or another. Like, these are facts. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not getting, like, outrageous enough to believe that, you know, that something as big as the apocalypse is happening. Like, no, I just think that, like, oh, yeah, I might not make as much money if I do that over this. Right. All right, all right. I, I see your point. I see your point how it's like related, but it, it's I don't think it's the same thing. You just don't want it to be the same thing. I might not want it to be the same thing. I, I just like to compare it to that because it sounds like you're not, you know, letting yourself live life. You're calculating proper steps like a robot. Yeah, well well that's actually kind of um Yeah, I've I've been uh told I'm a little uh robotic. Oh really? I get that all the time. You do? Yeah, I, I can see that about you for sure because uh, you keep yourself a little distant. Okay. You know? Like robots? Like, well, like what I assume interacting with a robot would be like. Like, Speaking of which, did you see that video of um, 
that like Saudi Arabian robot, like the the life, the really lifelike one that uh, no has been made a citizen of Saudi Arabia or some shit like what? that. What? Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. It's it's um it's one of those things where watching it you get supremely uncomfortable because you're trying to decide if it's real or if it's not, and then when you like come to the conclusion that it is real, then you're like, oh shit. Like in the dark while everyone's giving a shit about the iPhone or anything like that. Like there are people who are making like robots that are really, 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 really lifelike. Jeez. Like getting borderline close to humanity. I was watching Cheers last night <laughs> and they broke into Rebecca. Was Rebecca her name? Uh, Christy Alley. Yeah, yeah. They broke into Rebecca's boyfriend's house, the millionaire guy. Mm-hmm. And he had a giant robot. That was like a maid, and it looked like Rosie, the maid from the Jetsons. Uh-huh. Do you know what the Jetsons are? Yeah, I know what the okay. Jetsons are. You know what I'm really interested to find out? Do you have so you're watching Cheers on like Netflix or on like DVDs? Netflix. Okay, so I don't know if this is a real thing. What did I recently watch? I watched that movie Ted, right? The, okay, the one with the, the bear, right? And on it, they mentioned that um, in the Cheers like commentary, like on the DVDs. The cast is like just all talking shit about each other. Oh, and that on the one hand that could just totally be a joke, but on the other hand that could definitely be something that would be real. And I'm I really, 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 really want to find out if that's time to head to Bookman's and see if they have Cheers on DVD. Oh, I don't even have to go to Bookman's. I know exactly where I can find it. At your parents' house? Yeah, my dad owns like all the seasons <laughs> of Cheers. He owns all of uh, Three's Company, All in the Family, and I think he's approaching owning all of Cheers. Interesting. He also has some Columbo. Yeah, you can't miss out on the Columbo. But um, I mean, this was kind of <laughs> this conversation was like kind of in the neighborhood of of uh, sort of what I wanted to talk about today, which was. Uh, I, I'm like understanding more and more that I'm, I really like cripple myself with, uh, with, uh, I guess my, my fears okay. of, a, of a lot of things. Um, what, what kind of fears are you crippling yourself with? Well, like for instance, I like even something as small as, um, blog posting, but, but it kind of expands into, you know much larger ideas as well it's like i always assume that nobody is interested or nobody will like the stuff that i want to make okay and i don't know why i do that and i think it's just because i don't actually like i've always done this kind of a thing in my life where i have never really failed at anything but that's also because i never put myself up to like really being at risk of failure right I- because of your decision matrix. Well, no, not because... Well, yeah, because of the decision matrix also. Like, well, okay, well, so here's what I'm... What I'm missing out on in life in terms of the decision matrix and in terms of um, the other stuff are kind of different ideas, but they kind of are the same. I know that seems meaningless, but, like, here's what I mean. So the, the kind of things that I use, like, uh, that kind of, like, probabilistic decision-making thought process on Uh are things like gambling i never gamble i never have like i never i never do that and that's because gambling is kind of dumb like intrinsically right but there's a game involved and right and and so it's this weird kind of thing where um or not even gambling but like um you could you can make the comparison but it's not really the same thing like investing money 
I don't do that either. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, that I probably should. But I don't know. I feel like now might be a bad time to invest. See, I don't even know that. Because I heard that we're in like, there's like a, a wave in the, like the market. Uh-huh. And when like crashes and highs and crashes and highs, it's, we're due for another crash pretty soon. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Gas prices are already high as it is. But that was but someone that... trying to sell me um, mutual bonds or stocks, something or others. Uh-huh. I was only half listening. Mutual so don't, bonds and stocks. I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take my comment or statement as fact at all. Right. Okay. Do, your own, do your own research, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take what you what you heard here. Yeah, and... Don't take my word for it. <laughs> no, I mean, I can believe that. There's always like a bubble and then a pop or whatever. That, that's the terminology they use for like the housing bubble and then the internet bubble and all these bubbles. Right. Which is meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of my point. That's exactly kind of my thing. Like, so, you know, I don't... Um, I don't really put money into anything or I don't, you know, invest in Bitcoin was like a huge one just a second ago. Yeah, for a minute. Or or like any of these things. And I, I feel like that kind of, um, on the one hand, is good. Like that could be construed as responsible because I'm not ever putting myself at risk of losing money. You know what I mean? When I lose money, it's because I have spent it on something like, like you know what I mean? It's more of like a... Uh, immediate results kind of thing right like it's it's not something that's outside of the normalcy whereas uh i'm not losing money on stocks or investments or anything like that but i'm also not gaining anything i don't have anything like saved for i mean i had a 401k at one point in time you probably still do somewhere yeah, well, because I never cashed it in or anything. Yeah, like it's that. probably so, sitting in a bank account somewhere. Okay, well, so I guess I still have some money saved somewhere. But I guess the idea is that like, I, I don't invest or I don't do anything like that because of the worry of losing money. But then I have absolutely zero potential of gaining anything in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that can kind of be extrapolated into the rest of you know, what I do. Like, I don't fully put my financial response or I don't I don't entirely um sit with just my I guess my my creative projects or like my my new emerging business I don't put all of my financial burdens onto that like just assuming that things will work out and I can pick up clients because I'm worried that I will like that will not financially work out. Right. But at the same time, I feel like not completely doing that or like forcing myself to really a hundred percent like whole, whole asset as right, I call right. it. I was about to say that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I half ass a lot of things, but I don't whole ass a whole lot of stuff. Um, and that's why I've never failed before. Right. Exactly. So there has to be some kind of middle ground. That's, I guess that's what I'm kind of wondering this week is like, how do you kind of determine that middle ground of risk and reward? Right. You know what I mean? Like what, what do we call something that like, how do you know when something is actually something you should go for and like, just do it entirely. Uh Like for instance, when you were making uh, your, your first full length, like when did you turn the page from like, Oh, I've got this idea for a movie, whatever. And then, okay, I'm going to like legitimately, Make, make this movie, movie that yeah. may cost a lot of money, and we're gonna see how this pans out. Uh-huh. I mean, how did that? How did that transition sort of happen? How did that happen? Uh, well, it came from uh, being in a place of feeling like I was still in film school. 
we were making like short films for fun and they weren't looking that great and they were just kind of just for fun mm -hmm. and i was like i want to do this for real like what do you need to do to do it for real mm -hmm. and uh from everything that i've read and all the advice and all the blogs and the podcasts that i listened to <laughs> uh, everyone was like just do it you just got to do it yeah and my thought was i kind of don't want to go all in i half-assed it i thought i half-assed the first feature really yeah so i picked a movie that was a pretty small budget it was only about ten thousand dollars yeah i was like i want to make a ten thousand dollar feature because i heard this one guy talk and he's like how do you make a million dollar movie i'll tell you how you make a hundred thousand dollar movie first and how do you make a hundred thousand dollar movie you make a ten thousand dollar movie first mm -hmm. and so you can show people that you're progressing you're also learning how to deal with making something that's huge does this mean your next movie is going to be a hundred thousand dollars fingers crossed i know i know but uh it's all about you know a progression i was thinking i, I need to make a progression i'm not going to go out tomorrow and make a hundred million dollar movie right i have, i wouldn't even know where to begin with that yeah i mean i know some basics and all that other fun stuff but i don't i don't have the life experience the work experience yeah the, yeah working in with the crew of you know you watch the credits at the end of movies there are hundreds of people yeah hundreds a of people. lot yeah like, I have no idea how to work with some a crew like that. Mm -hmm. I work with a crew of five people mostly, you <laughs> know? So my thought was, I'm done making short films. I want to move on to the next level. I need to make a feature film. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's pick a story that's pretty basic, a budget that's really small. Let's keep it local. Let's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And then that's what it, that's what. It turned out to be just moving forward with those basic ideas in mind and knowing that it wasn't going to be perfect, but just knowing that by the end of it, I was going to have a completed feature and the experience of making a feature, right? which is way different than making a five minute short film. Sure. Making a 90 minute film is way, way yeah, different. Yeah. There's a lot more to juggle in your head. There's just a lot more content. There's a lot more story and it's experiencing telling that long of a story is a really good experience so so you just you just went for it right so uh shotgun effect happens a lot like, in in the film world that i live in what do you mean like just pitching a lot of ideas no or? just doing just doing it oh i mean it might not be the perfect moment and it might not be 100 percent right but i just try and do it i make a goal i set a day, deadline and a date and i just go for it Hmm. See, because I, th I think you can compartmentalize uh, what I'm worried about into two different kind of ideas that are not like 100% mutually exclusive, but at least in my mind, they segment into two different ideas. Number one is the most obvious, which is just like the fear, fear of failure. Like I said, I don't set myself up for failure a lot, so I don't... Fail, ever. Yeah, I don't react very good when, when I do. And then the second one <clears throat> is what's called... Uh, opportunity cost do you know do you know what i'm talking about right i mean basically like it's i and i'm as an economic theory i'm probably like butchering it but the idea that you know if i use my funds or if i use my resources to do one thing i will not be able to use those resources to do another uh -huh. resources like time and energy and money and you know etc so i don't ever know like like for instance if i want to go whole ass into this what if that sets me on a path where it ends up not working out and then i am x amount of years older than i am now and now it's impossible to backtrack and and 
you know, restart or do something differently. Right. Well, I, you're never too old to start over. Yeah. I mean, every, like when your dad applied to this college, wasn't he a physicist? No, he was a chemist. A chemist. And yeah. what did he end up becoming? A physicist. So it's like, how old was he when that happened? I don't know. Older you're than I am. Older than you are. Yeah. So you're never too old to reset, restart. Yeah. You know, people start second careers after 20 years of doing something in their 40s and their 50s. And they have a decent career after that. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know why I'm like so worried that this will be like the, the be all end the all. Be all. You know I mean? It never is. It never is. Yeah. And the only thing that you lose is just time actually attempting to do what you want to do. Right. And so it turns into a, do you want to regret this or do you want to, uh, what's, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Having regrets and not doing anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need more coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's an early Saturday morning. Um, there's a saying, something about regretting, yada, yada, yada. Right. That the, the I, I get the gist. Like, so the, the only thing to really regret is having regrets at all. Like, right. Right. Y- yeah. That kind of a thing. No, I mean, yeah, that's, de- that's definitely, um, but, but so it, it's even coming down to the idea, you know, when people ask me what I actually want to do. I always end up being kind of surprised at how positively they react because I just assume that it wouldn't work out. Right. And so a part of it, like I'm, I think I'm starting to realize, and the reason why I was like trying to work this shit out is because I'm realizing that I'm making a decision matrix or like I, I do this pros and cons in my head, but I'm doing it with the deck intrinsically stacked against myself because for some reason I, that's what I believe. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I I have a million different ways I can kind of take my career at the moment. Like, there are opportunities that present themselves that I feel like are going to segue me in different directions. Right. But I end up choosing to not do any of them. Because you have, you have this uh, fear of being trapped. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get, like, completely stuck into something or... But but I feel like that also has prevented me from gaining any traction in any particular direction. Right. I used to have this fear of working at uh, when I worked at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I I uh, did not want to like get promoted or become a manager or do anything like that. I, yeah. was, I was like, I'm gonna get stuck doing this. Yeah. And the job I had before that, I was working at uh, KVOA Channel Four, uh-huh. and I in 18 months I went from like zero to 19. Uh-huh. And 20 is like the highest you can go, maybe uh-huh. 25. But to get to from 19 to 20, it would have taken like 15 years to get another promotion. Holy shit. And I'm like, I, do I want to do this? Do I, yeah. I was like your age. I yeah, was like, yeah. do I want to wait 15, 20 years so I can get promoted again? Yeah. But I guess that's half the half the battle of working within an organization. Mm-hmm. But you're wanting to do something that's on the outside that you're in control of. Right. Well, well, so that's kind of the idea is that there's a whole lot of different um, ways that things like if I, I feel like if I completely committed myself, I could take my kind of projects a million different ways. Like, so for instance, um, I uh, have previously and currently do run, 
I mean, I guess I don't run. It's a service. I don't know how you would describe it, but like I do personal training out of Undisputed. Uh-huh. So that's partly me. That's me managing myself in a framework that already exists. So it's not me creating something, but it's it's all on me. Like nobody schedules those clients for me. Nobody finds those clients for me. I do it for myself. And so the idea is that like that has a very um, it has a ceiling on it in terms of like how far you could. And I'm using this as like an as a example for the other shit that I do. Right. Right. It has it has a ceiling on how much you get paid if you just do it as kind of like a side project. Like you make very minimal amount of money, but if you go, I have this feeling that if I was to go completely in on that and just do that, you'd be really good at it. Uh, either that or, but but like, where does that go? I mean, that's that's the question, and so that's the same thing with my other stuff. Is that I. Uh, I kind of always worry about where my where my ceiling is going to be for any of these sorts of things, uh-huh. and I just don't want to pick something that's going to cap out too early. Well, it sounds like you're trying to plan out the rest of your life right now. Yeah, that might be what I'm trying to do, <laughs> and that's daunting. That's daunting. Like some people have it, and some people don't. Yeah. Some people know what they want to do for their entire life. Some people don't. Yeah. And it sounds like you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. But it sounds like you have some great ideas of stuff that you want to try out and figure out and mm-hmm. grow and learn from. Right. But you need to do them and have those experiences to experience that growth and gain that experience. Yeah. So when you do that kind of thing, when you try new things and you explore options and attempt to do this type of business or optimize this type of thing. It's, right. It's going to clarify things for you as you do them. Yeah. You can't pre-think it. You can't decision matrix what <laughs> experience you're going to have. Right. After doing something. Well, I mean, I guess the, so the reason why I use that as kind of my microcosm example is because that's essentially what I'm trying to do with other aspects of life. You see what I mean? So like, as um, as a personal trainer, I take in clients, I establish what their goals are, and then I have my own knowledge base, but then I, of course, continually do like concurrent research and whatever, so I make sure that I'm doing things the best way, and then I figure out how I'm going to get them to reach their goals, like whatever they are, and I will assist or I will do whatever you know work needs to be done for them to get there, and that's in terms of... PTs and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But that's what I want to do with business. So then the question is, okay, well, in which ways do I do that? Um, data analysis. I've done a fair amount of like financial planning for um, my last business, I guess you could say. Right. My last, uh, not exactly clients, but sort of clients, we can call it that. Like, you know, payroll restructuring and trying to understand like, okay, you know, we're going through a transitionary period. How many people can we hold on to? That sort of thing. Like, so basically being able to squeeze as much as we can out of, you know, the resources we have and then how to make things better from there. I mean, that's essentially what I'm trying to do. So that's why they seem like a comparison in my mind. But I'm concerned, I guess, and I'm always worried about the fact that, like, what if that idea doesn't hold enough traction or, uh, what, like, what happens if that doesn't completely like pick up and take off? 
And I mean, I guess that's an ambiguous question. It is an ambiguous question, but what I'm hearing you say is you want to do your business optimization stuff, right? Right. And there are always going to be businesses. Right. People are always going to be opening up stuff and businesses open up and shut down all the time. Right. And you're concerned about opening up and then shutting down eventually. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're uh, concerned about your uh, knowledge and your expertise in that field, right? Right. So don't worry about that. <laughs> just stop it. Okay. Just just silence that. Just well, it's it's. Um, I don't know how to say it. You only know what you know right now. Yeah. And the only way you can learn more and what you want to do is by doing it. Right. You can't read, you can read about it in a book all day long, but it's not going to be anything compared to what you're going to experience in real life. Well, and the weird thing is, is that when I actually do stuff in, in line with that, in, in line with that front or in line with that idea, I always feel better about it. It's when I don't do anything and I, and I sit there and like just ruminate on it or I think about it that I feel the worst. Like for right. instance, when we went to 10 West and I had to actually like, tell people what exactly I wanted to do and what my background was from doing it, I only received very, like, kind of, like, positive affirmations. Yeah. You know what I mean? There wasn't anything that, you know, none of my concerns came out during that time, even though this was kind of my first formal time, like, pitching that idea to other people. Right. It was only a positive response. And so it's kind of like when I actually do stuff, in line with the goals that I'm trying to meet with that business that that never feels bad. It's when I'm sitting alone and like trying to tell myself to do something or like convince myself like, no, this is something that people need and yada, yada, that for some reason I have a whole lot of doubt about it. So I guess that, that, that tells me you need to stop being by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the, in the parlance of Chris, I have to break up with that idea. Break up with that idea of, well, it's, it's that whole thing of, um, getting caught up in your head. Like you can get stuck in your head yeah, forever. And you're just like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on with life? You know, but as soon as you get over that conversation you have with yourself in your head, or when you shut that up mm-hmm. and actually just start moving forward and doing things, you realize it's not that bad. It's, yeah, you know, like I am making progress in something I want to do. It does make sense. People are, do accept it because yeah. you're being genuine who you are and what you want to be when Mm -hmm. you grow up yeah so just the act of doing it makes it relevant yeah yeah i mean i and i just need to keep myself like honest with like how how much time i dedicate to that because i i find that some days i'm doing a lot Mm -hmm. some days that's that's entirely like i am seeking out new clients or i'm writing blog posts that i never post or uh i'm you know i'm doing very actionable things and then some days I completely don't at all. And so it's like it, I, I can see how kind of my momentum shifts right. from day to day on what I'm doing. And maybe that kind of like halting kind of like stop start thing is what's also causing me a, a little bit of anxiety just because I don't have a consistent rhythm on what I'm doing. I don't have like perpetual forward momentum just like every now and then I make like huge leaps and bounds and then I stop and I get right, right. St- stuck and bogged down in something else. So, uh, your favorite comedian, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, he does this thing where he writes every day. 
uh-huh. and he's got a calendar and he puts an X on each day that he writes. Mm-hmm. And so he visually has this chain that he makes from writing 15 minutes a day, hmm. hour a day, however long he writes. Yeah. But every day he writes and then he puts an X on the calendar and he's like, I can't break this chain that I've made. And so Ooh, visually he's yeah. like, oh, I, have, I can't skip today. I got to put a little X on the calendar so it doesn't have an empty spot. Yeah. See, I'm compulsory like that. Maybe. So me too. So maybe that's what you need to do. You need to make a calendar and dedicate any amount of time every day to your business, to your business plan, to your business planning, to what you want to be, what you want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually something that I've, I've told previous clients before who asked me about like nutrition or like training schedules or something like that. And like, I'm obviously a crazy person when it comes to this, but you know, they say like, Oh yeah. Like I've read about the 80, 20 rule, you know, meaning that you eat, clean and nutritious 80% of the time, right? At 20% of the time, you can kind of fuck off. And I tell them every time that that's setting yourself up for failure right there. Because if you are imagining like if, cause you're, you're not where you want to be, then obviously you don't have full control as you like to think you do. Right. You know what I mean? So the idea that you will perfectly like, I agree. 80, 20 is a, that's a great, that's a great rule in theory, meaning that if you can actually stick to 80-20, that's perfect. That's all you need, really, realistically. Mm-hmm. But people who kind of, and I'm generalizing here, but people who believe in the 80-20 rule like kind of don't. They don't have that kind of uh, willpower, that kind of control. So for them, it's, it's the same thing that had to happen for me like a long time ago, back when I first started training and Um, When I first started getting competitive with like Muay Thai and whatever, it's like I actually had to just follow a 100% rule because at that point I didn't have the kind of discipline to be able to regiment myself like that. Once you realize, once you do 100% of the time for a while, you realize like, oh, I I do have control over this. Like I'm not, you know, because with a lot of people, 80-20 becomes 60-40 becomes 50, 50 becomes, you know, whatever. Right. And and it breaks down from there. So I think that's kind of, maybe that's what the, the Seinfeld thing, how that could help is that if I just have a 100% rule instead of kind of giving myself balance between, okay, well I work this job today, so I won't work that. I won't work on my other stuff, my projects. I won't work on my stuff today. You know, that's kind of giving me an out. That's giving me 20% time right as opposed to 100 percent of the time like jerry wakes up and every day he writes every single friggin' day yep which is the same thing like joe rogan you know said that he does the same thing like he makes time every single day because otherwise he knows that he's not going to get around to it i mean the idea that um maybe i i need to like even just the act of doing something every single day mm-hmm. will cement it that i am perpetually having forward momentum on that instead of this halt exactly because there's a big boulder that you've set in front of you. Yeah. With this, oh, this lifelong career I'm trying to build. Right. It's huge. But if you just, you know, chip away at it a little bit at a time. Yeah. It's it's easy to conquer. Mm-hmm. It's it's not all about establishing a master plan, that the right. 20 year plan that yeah, I can yeah. follow every day. I'm going to plan out every day for the next 20 years. It sounds r- mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's also that that's how because you end up like being super motivated one day and really just like working towards something and then maybe the next day you don't feel as good or something didn't pan out and then you entirely just like crash out. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, I mean, I'm getting a little bit better at it, but that's kind of still where I'm at. You know what I mean? So I guess I, I just need to find the 
underlying mechanisms of what I'm trying to do and just do like little things every day and then sometimes achieve more and sometimes, you know, do exactly just what I need to do every day. But okay. yeah, just, and I think that'll help with your fear of not going anywhere. Right. Not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because I end up stagnating for a period of time and then I make, you know, wide leaps and wide bounds and I pick up some people who are interested in being clients or, you know, Mm -hmm. I pick up some really great advice as to how to run a business like this or, oh, here's what you should do for this, X, Y, Z. And so I make great strides there, but then I eventually, you know, go back to work my other job or something like that and it ends up flatlining my productivity. Right. I I find myself uh, getting very, like, when I flatline, I I, uh, disguise it as, uh, like, recharging. It's like, oh, I can't be creative every day. But if you have to be, you can be. If you want to be, you can be every day. Mm -hmm. So it's just overcoming that hurdle of, I know it's scary and it's it's like no one's going to like what I make. No one's going to like what I'm doing. But Mm -hmm. as soon as you get over that and just start doing things that you'd want to see and things that you like doing, it's irrelevant what everybody else thinks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a part of it is that I'm just like very – concerned that my my stuff won't gain traction and that that'll halt me but in fact that (laughs) the fear in and of itself is what's really grounding me out well i wouldn't worry about not getting any traction because in well if you get one person to like what you're doing you've gained traction right yeah or like what's your like that's a 100 percent gain (laughs) there you go so just just don't worry about big giant goals i mean you're not going to be tim tony robbins yeah. Tony Roma overnight. Tony. <laughs> Wait, Tony Roma? Is that the, the rib joint? He's Tony Tony Robbins' cousin. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, are there still Tony Romas? Um, so weird story about that. The last time I went to uh, San Diego, or no, this wasn't, I don't know why I said the last time. This is like, this is years ago. Um, and uh, I, I went with, some of my friends and we were just like so starving. We just like ended up going to one of those places, which was dog shit. Cause there's a million better places to eat around. But we were, we, we just happened to be like across the street. We were staying across the street from one. So it just happened to be there and it required no effort. And so we went there, but my friend was like kind of sick. Like one of my friends was like pretty sick. So immediately after we ate there, he just like walked out into the parking lot and threw up into the bushes right there. Uh. Yeah. With, like, a bunch of passerbys who probably just thought he was really drunk. Cool story, bro. Which is interesting because then later that evening, <laughs> me and... So I have two friends with me. One of them ends up being sick. He stays at the hotel room. The other friend, we end up going out. He doesn't drink all that much, but... Um, he did that night? He did that night. And he we were on this bar that was, like, right off the beach and uh, in, in PB. And uh, he ends up just, like turning over the side and throwing up right into the sand, like, on the other side of the bar. And, like, security comes over and he's like, did you just, like, throw up anything? And he's like, no, this has already been here. Like, this already was here. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just happened to be sitting here and the guy totally bought it. Wow. And the night continued. Man. Good times. Good, yeah, good times. I, I can't, like, it's weird. I legitimately cannot do that kind of stuff anymore. I had drinks last week for, um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know how, like, I don't make birthday plans anymore. Like I did when I was younger. I just like 
turned older and then like different people want to go out with me on different nights or do different things. Uh-huh. So last week, not as in not this past one, but the week before, uh, you know, I, I ended up going out and having some drinks with some friends and it's like, I legitimately feel it now. Like I'm not, I can't, I can't function anymore. No, you'll get used to it again. I'm not, I'm not interested. I think what happens as you get older, you stop drinking cheap stuff. Yeah. So you appreciate what you're drinking more, and that stuff doesn't affect you like the cheap stuff used to. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You probably already enjoy fancy stuff already. No, I, <laughs> I don't. I always have a, a shot of well whiskey and then a shot of good whiskey. Balance. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, so what other fears do you get? Um, so the obvious one, which is the fear of failure. And uh, I have the fear of like being completely financially fucked. Okay. Like I've never been in a position I, you know, have been fortunate enough to where my like college tuition got severely reduced. So I was able to just pay it and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I, I've never been in debt. Like I don't own credit cards or do anything like that. You know what I mean? So I, I have this like fear of going in for a business or creating, taking out like a huge loan, something I've never done before. Uh And then like being screwed because of it. Well, yeah, that's scary. Or, like, there choosing this... a career that's not going to net me much money in the future or something oh, like that. Stop it. Stop it with you and your Actually, money talk. you know what? That, <laughs> that's, that's the underlying one. That's the one. I'm worried about, like, doing something now that sets me on a path so that I don't have any other options later. Or, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm worried about being very cemented in what I'm doing and not being able to... Support yourself. Yeah. Start your life. Buy a house. Yeah, whatever. And a new car. Get an airport. Put my dad's name on it. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm... I guess that's that's the overarching thing that's keeping me from fully doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm worried about, you know, what happens when I'm 35. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... There was this, uh, this meme I once read, and I meant to save it. And it was like, uh, live two years of your life. Like, no one else wants to. So you can live the life, t- life that everybody dreams of. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And starting something new and starting something from scratch is scary, and it's rough, and it's going to be tough for a couple of years to even yeah. figure out how to make it work properly for you yeah yeah i mean you, you like restaurants when restaurants open up how many years does it take for them to actually turn a profit oh my god like yeah five years several yeah you know but they still keep open and they're still running and they're still yeah. doing their thing so it takes time to get to the tipping point yeah i never wanted to own my own restaurant but i have thought several times about owning my own gym and then it turns out that that's the second most hard thing to keep open after a restaurant is a gym yeah. Wow. It's like, how do I open up one of those financial houses that gets bailed out by the government? That's what I should That's be doing. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's all about it's going to suck and just knowing it's going to suck for a couple of years. 
Yeah, I, that's something that I I definitely need more discipline about because for some reason I can enjoy things sucking for like when I'm when it's a physical goal in mind. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? When I want to squat this much weight or when I want to compete in Muay Thai or when I want to do this, when I do want to do that. It's like I can always force my body to do that kind of stuff, but for some reason my my mind when it comes to like actual uh like more mental work as opposed to physical. Like I, I just have this like instinct that just tells me like, Oh no, it's not going to work out. Just quit. Right. I mean, and that's, so that's the thing I'm, I'm combating at the moment. I'm trying to ignore that like instinct that I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, I don't know. Gotta, I don't know. Okay. So my question for you is how crappy are you willing to live? to make this business you have work? Um, well, so that's the thing. I'm already... Uh, you feel like you're already there? No, 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 not at all. Like, that's actually a thing. I've been... Uh, one of the things I was doing earlier this week was kind of making a list of ways that I can simplify. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm trying to do. So I can I can lower my overhead so that my dependence on other jobs for a paycheck will be less. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that eats up a whole lot of my time and more importantly, my energy. Like entirely, I do, you know, six hours doing one thing when if I could free up that day instead, I'd probably be able to make better strides in other in other areas. Right. So um, I don't know. Like I'm <laughs> I'm already trying to like I, I, I live with somebody and I have been looking to move into a studio because like a studio split amongst two people is st- here in cheap. Tucson. That's stupid cheap, cheap. Yeah. So I want to do that. And then, and then that, that means that like my overhead for rent will basically be cut in half from what it is now. Right. Which I think is a great idea. Okay. So, so you're already making a game plan on how to simplify your current way of living. Yeah, to and, accommodate your this new career you want to pursue. Right, exactly. So that so that if there are lean times, you know that 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 won't be uncomfortable. Right. I don't know. That's I already have a <laughs> super cheap car. The only problem is it might break on me any day now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be careful with that. Yeah, but but for the most part, like I've I've realized like I've become a whole lot better with you know how I spend and how I save my money. Um, these days than when I was younger, uh-huh. which I think that's a sentence everybody has ever said. Sure. But, um, but so that's kind of my idea is that like, I, I want to be able to commit more time to this and more energy to this. So therefore I need to like, instead of trying to burn the candle at both ends, why not try and lessen my dependence on one source of income and that way I can heighten my time and energy for another for what I actually want to move forward with as opposed to just a job. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's my next project. My my current lease uh expires in the first month of twenty eighteen. So Ooh, man, so the new year. Yeah. New you. Exactly. We're gonna set some goals for the new year. Is that is that gonna be our New Year's episode? Oh, we should do that. New Year, New You episode. <laughs> be like oprah yeah exactly i'll make a list of things i'm down for that okay 
I'm I'm up for making some New Year's goals. Yeah, I mean, I don't really make resolutions, but I next year I'm turning that age. You're you're fearing right now. Thirty five. Yeah. Oh fuck. So, yeah. Yeah, we better get some stuff done. So you're where I was like ten years ago, and now I'm ten years older. It's crazy. You're ten years older than me. <laughs> Nine years older, I guess technically. <laughs> wow, I, I had no idea. And and yet I still look younger than you. Yeah, weirdly even enough, with all this gray in my beard. Yeah, you, you look very nice. Oh well, anyway, so that, that was my that, that was, was my, a throwaway compliment. <laughs> that was my that was my piece on um, fear, and and then basically what I'm what I'm trying to do to counteract that. But I mean, in, I guess in a different regard, what have you what have you been up to this past week? Man, uh, this past week was a crazy work week. Yeah, I feel like I worked every day this last week, from AV events. Uh, to fundraisers to working on a TV show that's rolling through town. Yeah. And so I've been super crazy busy. But do you feel like each of these things is kind of helping you develop in terms of being it's, a creative filmmaker? It's, like, is this all kind of stuff that is guiding you in that direction? No, not at all. Really? But it's making me feel confident in my skill set and my ability to execute things. Uh huh. So there are totally things I would never ever want to work on like on my own. Like I would never start any of these projects on my own, but knowing that I can do them and ex- execute them well. And it does take that semi similar s- skill set. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that alliteration. That alliteration threw me way off. <laughs> oh my God. Let me recover from that. From that, you know, u- utilizing that skill set. And I, I, I feel really good about Okay. like who I am as a person in this type of, so, so you've been kind of, to put it differently, you've been validated right. because of people's requests on you in terms of a professional or like in a professional light. And right. the kind of work that you're doing isn't necessarily what you want to be doing or it's not developing that same skill set. But it is showing that people are, that you do have a valuable skill set and that it is worth something. Yes. Yeah. And because usually when I work on stuff, it's all me by myself. Right. And other people work with me or for me, basically. Mm-hmm. And this is just all very, I'm working for someone else. And there's some pretty big clients. And it's just like, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not too shabby. It's not too bad. How is that shift in, in kind of like that, uh, that paradigm that instead of you working with a small group of people or maybe even directing people that you're actually taking direction? It, uh, well, the, the thing that I find that I do, I think more so than other people is think ahead. And like I can foresee problems that are coming uh-huh. and problem solving as I go, as opposed to waiting for someone to tell me what to do. Forward thinking. That's my, uh, that's my resume word. Oh, really? Yeah. I put that on there too. Is that just the only word you put on the cover page? Yeah. Single word. Forward thinking. Forward, forward hyphen thinking. Atish at atish.com. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, well, no, that's, that's entirely... Like that's sort of the the experiences that I look at of the work that I do now as well. Um, not in terms of because, like I said, you know, working out of a gym is not a hundred. It's not really even related to what I'm trying to do all that much. But what it does do is it allows me to kind of understand and fine tune the microcosm or like the the smaller aspects that build you up into being like a a good entrepreneur of sorts. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Or like that I would be good at optimizing uh, a business because you can take 
analytical measurements on small scale and kind of learn how that develops into larger and larger ideas. You know what I mean? I'm I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So so that's cool. You've and and now you worked on a big time show. Big time show. And we got two more days tomorrow and Monday. And then I have a day off and then I work for another big time company and then I work on a personal project. Oh, a wow. personal client. It's a work project, but it's a busy busy two weeks. That's got to feel good though. Like you have a lot going on in terms of your well it comes and goes in waves. So like, it feels good to be working a lot. It's always a, a mixture. It's always a mixture. It feels really good to be working a lot, but then there's also that like dread in the back of your head, like I'm not working until March next year after this week. Oh, shit. So that's what happened last year. I had like two months where I wasn't working at all. Wow. See, that's that's kind of the thing. Like it, That's exactly what I mean. Is in, in working inside someone else's framework or someone else's company or someone else's, you're almost like guaranteed, you know, a solid schedule of work. Right. You know what I mean? But doing your own thing, that's just never. No, it's never there. Yeah. No, but it's okay. It's okay. Just try it out for a week. I think it's one of those things where you, you need to just, uh, have it happen and then you're more comfortable with it as it happens the next time and the next time and the next time. Right. You know what I mean? Because I, uh, it's, it's like uh, sprinting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when the first time you try and like sprint and uphill, it sucks and it feels terrible. And you think like, oh, I can't make it. Like for sure, I, like, I can't do that, you know, whatever. But as you do it a couple more times, you realize like, oh, no, my body just feels terrible as I'm doing this. But I can actually do it. Right. You know, I think uh, I think that's a that's a saying in the seals. Even when you're you think that you're 100 percent done, you're only 60 percent done. 90% of the time. <laughs> 90, 100% of the time. Yeah, so... What have you been working on? Ooh. Okay. So, I've kind of been... I, too, have been working on, like, multiple different fronts in a lot of different ways. Um, I saw an opportunity this week to uh, to kind of create... So, so what I did for a previous uh, client, I guess you could call them or my previous job was working with this um, bar and restaurant group to kind of standardize all their, all their training materials and like be able to essentially, if you, if you make their, their staff a little bit more efficient, like the whole way around, then that actually just a little bit more efficiency from each person sums up into a larger, like you end up saving a whole lot of money. Uh Uh-huh. And so that was one of the things that I that I actually did during during that time is uh, I got to see our wastefulness and our costs uh, go down. As uh, I mean, correlation does not equal causation, so I can't a hundred percent attribute it to myself. But you know, I can I can make the leap that due to you know different implementations and things kind of aided in that. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of saw that opportunity again, like I don't want to continue working with bars or restaurants because I don't want to keep, I don't want to pigeonhole myself exactly, but I saw an opportunity to do, to kind of write up some standard operating procedures and stuff like that for my current, uh, workplace, my side hustle as uh-huh. it were, my, the thing I do to pay the rent. So, uh, so I, I was working on that this week just oh. to kind of like tack on another, and this is with a really big, like corporate company right so just to like do something for free like i'm not getting paid for it but just something that can you know oh, yeah i mean if you 
throw your previous client and this current client on a resume. Yeah. You're big time. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, just kind of like gaining the experience where I can find it. Um, because you know, it's not like a, a huge client that's going to pay you lots of money. It's just going to drop out of nowhere and just start doing stuff for you or like asking you to do stuff. Sometimes you have to like kind of do stuff in the smaller scale, um, before you can do larger things. Uh-huh. Um, I also, I had a meeting this week um, with a potential, like a potential first real client client, oh. um, this uh, barbershop in town. Very cool. And that's exciting to me because it's still something that like, l- like there's a whole lot of kind of creativity and a whole lot of energy there from the, from the people that work there, but it's not exact, like it's, it's outside of the industries that I've worked with previously. Uh-huh. So it'll add a little bit of variety and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and again, like a lot of this is me second guessing like, Oh, my rates and what do I charge and what am I doing for these people? But I mean, the, the stuff that they want done is really basic, but it, it kind of allows me to demonstrate some value. Awesome. Um, I totally procrastinated on posting a blog. Uh, I, dude, I, I have, I know I suck. Like I you have a blog failed. post, I have a blog post written and I just like didn't. Where are you posting? Where do you, where do you plan on posting? Um, I was going to use like a WordPress thing. I think that that's what a lot of people use and it's easily linkable to a lot of stuff. See, my problem with a lot of social media or like any of these web endeavors is that I don't know how they all, they all kind of have their own language. Right. You know what I mean? Like the way that people use Twitter is completely different than the way people use this other thing. And I just never spent enough time learning anything outside of like Instagram and Facebook that I don't know how people exactly like what the language is there. Yeah. Huh. So, so I keep like looking at like formats of different blogs and stuff like that because I keep trying to see like, okay, how do other people like do this instead of, you know, I don't know. So, so I, I completely failed on, on that, <laughs> on that end and that I did not post, even though I have, you know, well, about, all you had to do was click. I know. Well, well, that's literally all I have to do at this point because I have to do it on your phone. No, I don't have any of the, post saved on my phone like they're so oh it's on it's not on like a server it's on a no, computer it's li- yeah it's literally written but is it copy and pasted into the wordpress page uh maybe that's is a good question does it draft it might be one of them might be so you in theory could log into your wordpress in theory and click <laughs> post in theory if if it is indeed on uh WordPress. On WordPress. WordPress okay, so here's my writing process, and it sounds really dumb, but I'm, I'm going to explain it to you. So um, have you heard of, like, ZenPen or any of those other things? What is ZenPen? So ZenPen is a lot like all of these other, like, distraction-free writing, you know, whatever, where essentially it just blanks out your screen, and I just force myself to... Because my first hang-up, like, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, is that I would keep writing stuff and then deleting it and deleting... Right, process. right, right. And maybe not completely, but I would do about three paragraphs and then backtrack two. Uh-huh. And then, oh, I, don't, I don't like the direction this is going, so I would delete like a main chunk of it and then keep, you know. I stopped doing that and forced myself to just go. Like just entirely, just keep going, keep going, and I'll edit when I am done, so to speak. Right. And so that was like good on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, then I get bogged down in, in the posts in general, like, like, you know, what the content is and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so, so I use Zen Pen, which like just blanks out my screen and is just like 
all it is is a word processor. Okay. But Zen Pen can only save one thing at a time, or it can, because you can pay for like software for this, but I'm cheap, so I was just <laughs> using a free online one. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I just copy and paste that into a Word document, and then <laughs> I copy and paste from that Word document into WordPress. <laughs> that sounds uh, like a legit writing process. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably... It's just moving from text to text to text. Oh, but that, I think that's a good process to have is getting rid of all distractions. Yeah. Do you give yourself a time limit or no? Um, the times I've been successful, I have. I okay. realize that when I don't do that, I end up like allowing myself to, you know. Right, right. I, I don't do distraction-free writing. No. I need to like have internet access while I'm writing. Because I forget words or like, what, how do you, what's that one word for that one thing? That I'm yeah, yeah. What, what am I trying moment? to say? Like, what are, or, yeah, what am I meaning by this? Yeah. Right. What's, what's another word for a handrail? No. <laughs> Just like weird random things that I sometimes write in yeah. scripts and stuff. <laughs> but yeah. putting a time limit, time limit really does help me yeah, yeah. accomplish a writing task. Yeah. I mean, the idea that, you know, I can do anything for 15 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, and also uh, just listen to music without words like classical. Yeah, it, it's so strange orchestral. because when I when I was in high school, I was really good at studying while listening to music that actually had words or like I would just like get into my alpha flow state there. And now I just can't do that. If anyone's talking during anything, like I just get entirely disrupted. Uh huh. That's weird, man. So since you failed your dare. Yeah. Failed. failed. I fulfilled mine. Oh, shit. Yeah, I plotted out the next two months for me. Way cool. And it's a lot of stuff. Really? That I kind of want to cram into <laughs> the end of this year. So I feel oh, like I've yeah. accomplished this I year. I see what you're saying, yeah. But it's like uh, the release of Eddie Mummy, like setting up a plan for that. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be released till Valentine's Day time. <laughs> I mean, that's another good time for it as well. It's a rom-com. Yeah, it makes sense. But I want to start uh, blogging and vlogging this murder mystery night process. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of this month, I want to have like a production package set for that evening. Yeah, yeah. And then we got to go out and just start cranking away at it. Yeah. So I have a plan, a two-month plan. Breaking the larger goal into smaller subsets so you can just knock those out. I mean, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, and putting deadlines on. I think deadlines are really important. That's why I think it's the third prong. And our marketing plan. Right. <laughs> Discussion. The elusive third prong. But yeah, so. Can I, can I add finished Stranger Things to your calendar? Uh, sure. If you, I probably won't do it. <sighs> Son of a bitch. I'm too busy to watch TV, man. Oh, man. Oh. No, I'll watch it at some point. I don't know. I, I just need to talk about Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Uh, I probably won't see you for another week, so I'll, I'll finish it before I yeah. see you next. I mean, you know, what I what I like about what I like about Stranger Things, it's only like nine episodes, right? It's not like twenty six. Yeah, like a twenty six hour commitment seems crazy to me. Well, are any hour long shows actually that long in the season? I think the max they like put out is twelve episodes or something like now, that. Now, nowadays, yeah. Also, are they making another season of True Detective or what? I have no idea. Yeah, I really don't know. I feel like they got all because everyone was super on the hype train for the first season, and then when the response just wasn't as good for the second season, they were just like, oh, "Okay, fuck it then." Right. And it's like, no, it's well, still a good show. That's a thing that happens. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah. So I'm gonna, I need to dare you for next week. Oh God. Okay. Uh, I, or do I, I don't want to compound dares because you still haven't completed the first one. I know. No. Well, wait. Hold on. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first dare. That was the second dare. The first dare was. Okay, maybe that was the first dare. I don't remember. Right. My first no. There was another dare because my first dare was to come up with those two movie ideas that I failed, failed miserably at. Okay. And then you dared me at filling out my calendar. And you did great. With the game plan. You did great. And it's color-coded and everything. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And your first dare was, I don't remember. Oh, you had to order those supplements. Oh, yeah, and I did that. Have you made any capsules yet? Um, so I made my first. Uh, oh, yeah. Damn it. How could I forget about talking about that? So I made my like first um, six because I wanted to make a super small batch but have it be in dose so that I would do it three days in a row. Okay. Because I wanted to see just in case there's a compounding effect or anything like that. But the problem is, is I don't want to, because I, I need to be able to kind of really measure in like a loose way. Like obviously I'm not taking any like electrophysiological, uh, um, electrophysiological samples yet. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because that part, you know, I would probably need quite a bit of money for and like funding. And not to mention supplements don't actually have to be FDA approved, but that's a whole different thing. Um, but the idea that I'm getting the observable re- effects that I want to get. So I, I really have to have time to be attentive to that. So I don't want to take these supplements and then go to my other job or something like that because I don't want to be distracted from observing the uh, the effects that I'm looking for. Right. So I have a few days off this upcoming week, and uh, that's when I'm going to do my first uh, – we're going to see. All right. I want you to track your results. From yeah, I already had some problems with like binding things together, so I'm going to do some research on like figuring out how to do that better. Okay. But but yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I ended up spilling so much crap all over my <laughs> all over my coffee table. Oh, my cool. lab, as it were. Oh yeah. Yeah. Coffee table lab. Yeah. Well, I, I dare you to actually post that blog post. Fuck. Okay. And do your experiment. Okay. Maybe a blog post about my experiment. Just any blog post. Don't don't <laughs> overdo it. Don't overdo it. Okay, keep it simple. Yeah. Okay. Um. Shit. Okay. So you have your calendar, and how broken down is that? Or is it just like, oh, I'm going to work on this movie? And it's that's... uh. Well, the way I broke it down was Murder Mystery Night, uh-huh. Eddie Mummy, mm-hmm. uh, digital release. Those are the two things that I'm kind of working on for the rest of the year. Okay. And so I was I was breaking up things I wanted to accomplish for the movie release. Like mm-hmm. I want merchandise and all this other stuff. Mm. So what kind of merch do I want? So I like mark down when I want designs done and what I'm going to produce. So what is the nearest objective in terms of uh, that on your calendar? What's today? Today's the 11th. The closest for the Eddie Mummy movie or for the Murder Mystery Night? Uh, let's say Murder Mystery Night. I want to is to finish the rewrite of the third short film. Oh shit! I haven't even heard anything about the third one. Right. I I keep I came up with some new ideas I wanted to implement before sharing it with everybody. So I have draft done, but I want to change some elements to it to I think that would make it better. And then I want to ship it out to people and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? Okay. 
tell me if this is too much of it because I don't understand the creative process. Uh, you know, uh, Pitch Fest you were at? You yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Uh, I want you to have your little mini pitch of this last uh, short. Oh, you want me to pitch it here on the podcast? I want you to pitch it. I, I, no. No? No, not for this one. <laughs> How about I do a, I, I'll make a pitch for the entire Murder Mystery Night. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. All right. And then I'll I'll know like all three stories, and I I'll, well because then at some point we got to go out and attempt to get money to make these shorts. Yeah. So that pitch will be necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's work this pitch. We'll yeah. we'll tool it together. Dare accept it. All right, and I gotta post this fucking blog post. It's not that bad, man. Just ah, post. It's gonna be so bad though. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.